Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast. So thankful you're listening today, and I mean that. Um, man, I'm, I wish I wasn't driving so that I could actually look on my phone or my computer. Now, okay, I could look at my phone. I am sometimes a lawbreaker, and I hold my phone while I'm driving. <laughs> It's not illegal in, in Virginia now, for all you Tennessee people. When I cross the line into Tennessee, I try to be good and just, I'll leave my phone alone. Listen, if you've got to hide something, then uh-oh, probably shouldn't be doing it, right? <laughs> but the reason I say that is if I had my phone, I would, I would look up uh, the podcast information for listeners. Man, we've been having listeners... In the Philippines, in Denmark, um, a, a decent amount in Canada. Um, California is number two in the U.S. as far as listener count. I can't remember the other countries right now, um, but man, I'm just I'm so humbled. And just encouraged that people are listening. There, there must be something. If nothing more than just merely intriguing, there must be something that someone is actually interested in hearing that we're talking about here. And again, we're on the path to Zion. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Man, I'm just, I'm convinced that we just need to aggressively shun New movements, new ideas. All this new, new, new. We have discovered the way to know God. We've discovered the way to magically create an atmosphere to God for God to come and dwell. We have the recipe for God's presence. Friend, these things really concern me. Because we've been given more than enough in the eternal word of God to know patterns, to know ways, to know how God deals with men and how to come to him rightly. Can we not agree on that? I mean, we've been given more than enough instruction on how Yahweh can be known, can be found. There's nothing new that's necessary the only thing new that's necessary is reclaiming what's been lost, forsaken, abandoned. Is God revealing himself? Yes. I mean, nobody's, nobody's arguing that point. I'm just telling you, like, whatever re revelation I will get today, man, there's not something untapped, unknown, that only I'm going to find. I don't believe so. And I think walking in that place rightly keeps me in humility before the Lord. If our trajectory is simply to be found unearthing the immeasurable mysteries of God that have already been given to man from Genesis to Revelation, that becomes our now revelation. It becomes our now present moment understanding and abilities to walk out this call to go through 
the gate, the door, the Messiah. Now, friends, this morning I have an idea, and I'm going to be honest. I don't know how it's going to go. I have, for much of my life, been a good storyteller, an embellisher. I like creating storylines in my head of, of, of often parable form. I enjoy doing that. I like doing that. And I've been thinking of a certain scenario, and so the only thing I'm going to do is just preface it by, I'm just going to kind of wing this and see how it goes. I've got this storyline, if you will, in my mind, in my imagination. And so I'm just going to run with it, and we'll just see where it lands. And so from, from this point on, I'm going to speak just in imaginative story form. And I felt like I had to preface it because otherwise, I try to keep in mind that there will be listeners that will tune into this episode first. And so I just wanted to make it clear, I, I, don't, I don't normally do this in public forum. <laughs> but let's see how it goes, okay? So I'm sitting in a coffee shop in Johnson City, Tennessee. I'm waiting on a brother to come. We're going to talk about the word. We're going to talk about what the Lord is saying to us, to our households. We're going to talk about how we're going to prepare the way for the Messiah to come. I've got several thoughts in my mind, several ideas. I've got eight hot topics I've been looking at the last week, according to the scriptures, according to what God is, is teaching me and training me, myself in, or, or helping me to instruct my family. Or even teaching me and preparing me positionally to correct and admonish His church at large. There's much to talk about. I'm hoping this brother can stay for hours because, man, I'm hungry to listen and to receive what God's saying to him. And boy, do I have a lot to say. I've spent time in prayer this morning. Lord, help me to find your ways today. I prepared my heart for a couple hours this morning before the Lord. Looking for the intersection that the Spirit of God will bring into my life. The, the Philip hearing the, the word of the Lord and then moving upon it. Going out. I'm walking. Expectant. For a ful- expectant of a fulfillment of the word of the Lord in my life. Clear or even if vague, I know what I'm here to do. I'm a spiritual man. And as I'm sitting here in that coffee shop, as I was sitting in that coffee shop this morning, something caught my attention. I, I lifted my head from my journaling and, and sipping on my coffee, and I looked up towards these large windows at the storefront here of this coffee shop and and of course it overlooks a downtown area it's very cold so there's not very many people out but there are a few people walking here and there shopping perhaps on their way to their business but not much activity on the street and when I was looking out the window 
my attention was drawn to a man that I saw walking on the other side of the street. He, he was looking in a window directly across from the, the coffee shop I was sitting in. In, in my very first thing, the very first thing I noticed about this man was what he was wearing. He was wearing this big coat that looked like it was maybe made of, of animal hide or something. His hair was all ratty and disheveled and looked like he hadn't showered for a while. And I'm like, what's the story with this dude? He looked underdressed for the weather too. <laughs> Not to mention under underdressed for 2020 culturally acceptance. <laughs> he didn't look too cool. Well, as I'm watching him, he, he begins to go... My come my direction across the crosswalk in this small downtown area filled with shops of the latest fashion trends, antique collectibles, restaurants with the finest food. And as he comes closer, every step he takes, I'm just more fascinated by this man and I'm just I'm just staring at him from my seat in this warm coffee shop beside the large window. And the closer he gets, the more I'm just intrigued at how he looks and how he doesn't look like anyone I've ever met before and he is identifiably odd. And he comes to the side of the street that I'm on and he just stands there and he's looking at posters that are in the window of this coffee shop right on the other side of the window of where I'm sitting. And he's looking at the posters for, for concerts and, and yoga classes, Christian Bible studies about apologetics, And I just, I'm looking at him and something in my spirit says, I think, I think that's John the Baptist. I think that's Yohanan the Immerser. And I shake my head and I open my eyes and I, I rub my, my head. And I say, no way, no way. Am I having a vision? Am I having some scriptural dream? I know about the texts of men of God having dreams and visions and even out-of-body experiences as as grown spiritual as grown spiritual men in Yeshua. God, is this am I having having an open vision? What's going on? I look around in the coffee shop and people are just walking around. They're sitting there reading their books and on their laptops and on their phones, 
sipping lattes and espressos. Everything else seems normal. But I look back out the window, and there stands this man. What in the world? And so I grab my coat, and I say, in myself, in my spirit, in my own imagination, I say, well, I've got to go out and talk to this guy. Whether this is a dream, a vision, or real life, I don't care. I'm going to go talk to this man. So I put on my coat and I zip it up because it's, I know it's cold outside. And I, I, I even leave my Bible and my journals on the table. And I guard my journals with my life, friends. I leave them there and I go push through the door and the little bell jingles and closes. And the, the bell of the door gets his attention and he looks over my direction. And I go up to him. I say, brother, are you Yohanan the Immerser? Are you John the Baptist? And he speaks in plain English and says, yeah, brother, I am. Do you know me? Oh, yes, I do. And brother, I don't just know about you. I feel like in many ways, I am you. I feel like I look crazy. Can I talk to you? He says, well, sure. I just got here to this town and I don't know anyone. I don't even know how I got here. I don't understand anything I'm seeing. The last I remember, I was being assaulted. The last thing I remember, a blade was coming up to my neck and I breathed my last. And I was in paradise with the Master King. I met my Messiah. And he was so much more beautiful than who I saw coming into that river that day. He was exalted. He was no mere man, friend. He was exalted as King. I was reunited with my beloved. Friend, what's your name? Oh man, brother, my name's Joel. Oh, Joel. What a great prophet. Have you read the prophet Joel, my friend? Oh yeah, brother, I've read it. I've read it with tears and weeping because it talks about a great and final judgment coming. And John the Baptist says, oh man, you're not kidding. That's some heavy stuff, isn't it? I remember preaching. I remember preaching of those oracles. Of, of, of all the prophesied days to come. 
the culmination of some of the ages, brother. That's some heavy stuff, isn't it? And I say, oh man, I don't even claim to understand most of it. He said, well, friend, your name is Joel, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, brother, I would give myself to that because what if, what if throughout all of time, God knew your name? There's much within the name, you know. Oh, I know. And I say, John, why are you here? Why are you here, brother? He says, you know what? I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I guess I'm here for the same reason I was here the first time, which is declare the Messiah's coming. The Messiah's coming. It's time to be washed. It's time to turn away. It's time to be cleansed. And so, friend, your question is a good one. Why am I here? And my first thought, my first response is, I've got to be here to declare He's coming again. And John the Baptist asks me, Brother, what's the condition of the world? Oh, man, I would say, oh, gosh, man, where do I start? The church is in shambles, John. The church is sleeping. She's not repentant. She's pointing her fingers. She's captivated with her own beauty. She looks just like the world. She's wearing short skirts, tight pants. Her body's hanging out all over the place and she's decorated in makeup and jewelry, brother. You can't hardly distinguish her from the world. We're fighting with each other. We're wrestling with flesh and blood. We're killing our own. In the spirit, we are cannibalistic, cannibalistic, John. We're devouring ourselves in division. We're fueled by entertainment. We sit in theaters beside heathens and those who are opposing God and we laugh with them. We watch blood and gore with them. We listen to men take Yahweh's name in vain and we laugh alongside the world. Our homes are filled with games in movies and fun and the bride is sleeping John she's sleeping yet she's thoroughly convinced she is God's chosen race and she deserves his reward and as my and as my Sturdness 
begins to look upon John's face. I see tears forming in his eyes. And he says, Joel, what happened? What happened, brother? Messiah came. Messiah came and fulfilled every command of God to absolute perfection. Oh, I know. But we've forgotten. We've forgotten your message, John. To repent and to turn. And to join ourselves with the likeness of the death of Messiah. We've forgotten, brother. We've forsaken your message and the message of Yeshua to deny ourselves. We've forgotten, friend. And John says, well, what are you doing about that, Joel? That's not okay, brother. I know. I'm trying to do what you did, John. And I look foolish and I look ridiculous and I smell. Even to the body, I smell. I'm offensive. I run a lot of her away. Because I say... Messiah's coming. Messiah's coming. Messiah's coming. I can see him. Prepare your lamps. Put on the wedding garments. Cleanse your hands. You're dirty. He can't receive you. Be clothed in the Messiah. And most of what I hear is Joel be quiet. You're too much. I'm in the finished work, brother. I'm resting in the eternal rest of God. There's no condemnation in Him. That's what I hear, John. Oh, man. Are there people counting the cost, Joel? Are there people counting the cost? Are there people returning? Is there in fact still a remnant narrow way on the earth? Yes, brother, there is. There is. I've met her. I've met some of the remnant, brother. But you know what? We're all a mess. We're all screwed up. I myself, John, often find myself hindering the, re the, the reality of the remnant. I find in my heart I oppose the inclusion of the kingdom in myself, in my laboring to be holy and consecrated and, and call people out. I see in myself the hindrance. And John said, oh, I know, brother. I know it's so hard. It's so hard to draw the line and make sure you don't exclude people to the point that they can't get in. I get it. So, Joel, how do you, how do you know what to do? How do you know what is right? How do you try and labor to find yourself 
declaring the word of the Lord in this hour. It's 2020? Is that right? That's what I saw on that poster right here on the other side of the window. Yeah, man, it's 2020. And John said, how do you do it? What's your source? I say, well, that's the hard part, John. I believe I'm to be a spiritual man. And the message of this age of Christianity is you have to be informed by culture. You have to be informed by the governments of men. Because if you're ignorant, you'll be taken advantage of. You have to watch the news. You have to know the governments of men. Or else they're going to pull one over on you and you're going to be taken advantage of. But that's part of the rub for my life, John, is like, I don't do that. I believe I'm called to be a set-apart spiritual man who hears with spiritual ears. And I don't believe I can do that by having one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. I believe my source is to be of the kingdom. And I labor and I strive to not be in the kingdoms of men, John. Which causes me to look like a man who wears camel hair and eats locusts and honey, brother. I live in a wilderness. And John said, well, I don't understand. I don't understand what other sources are there. What other sources are there to be? I said, well, mainstream news. In 2020, men's lives are governed by television news and website information. You don't know what that is, brother, and I don't even have time to explain what a television and the internet even is. I don't have time to tell you what they are. It's kingdom operation information. It's kingdom news. Kingdoms of men, domains of darkness. It's earthly kingdom information. And John said, well, how would you figure out what the Spirit's saying according to the kingdoms of men's declaration? Well, brother, I don't believe you can. So, Joel, what are you going to do? What are you going to do then? Because, man, if it's 2020, surely Messiah's second coming, his return has got to be near. Brother, I believe it's now. I believe it could happen right now while you're sitting here at this table with me, friend. John, tell me, what do I do? What do I do?
Sometimes I feel lost. Sometimes I feel completely perplexed at the age I live in. What do I do? Because my offensive message is driving almost everyone in my life away. John, what do I do? I can't bring division so much so that I don't even have an audience to try to even attempt in my best efforts in humility to speak the oracles of God, friend. Help me, please, what do I do? And John leaned in and he put his elbow on the table and he, he leaned his arm out and he pointed at me and said, Joel, make no excuses. Make no excuses, brother. Labor in the wilderness to hear. Oh, man. Hear the rustling of the spiritual leaves. Hear the shuffling of the sand under the feet of the Messiah. Hear the movement of his robe against the wind as he walks your direction. Joel, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Stay in the wilderness. Stay in the wilderness. Come out from among them and be separate. Stay in the wilderness. Because in the wilderness, you hear clearly. In the wilderness, you're denying yourself and your awareness is up, brother. You are a watchman on the wall because your natural man is not satisfied. You are ruling and reigning over your natural man. Full of the Spirit. Full, overflowing, because your natural man is being denied. And you live according to the Spirit. So be in the wilderness of your life. Removed. Separate. Consecrated. Holy. Distinct. Marked. And you listen for the oracle of God. You listen for that oracle of God, friend. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. When people call you to come out and live in the domains of darkness and the temporal kingdoms of men, you remain in. You remain in the wilderness. Set apart. Distinct. Marked. You abandon your rights, Joel. I don't care. Look at what I gave up, Joel. You know what was before me. I could have been seated in a high and lofty place in the, in the eyes of men. I could have been someone. Say no. Say no to it in every possible facet and way. You say no way. Make that exchange. Because he who lowers himself will be exalted. Joel, I got to, I got to bring in and usher in the immersion of the Messiah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you think any natural position could have in any way rivaled what I got to do? 
I stood beside Emmanuel as he descended into the immersion waters and came out the Son who was well-pleasing to the Eternal Father. Joel, I was there for that. Nothing can compare to the lowly, separated, consecrated man's life because then you prepare the way for the Messiah. Then you prepare the way for the Messiah. So Joel, you do that and you tell your friends and you tell anyone who has ears to hear, it's time to come out. It's time to go out and to be separate, to be distinct, to look like a fool in the eyes of men. Cast off every stain of the world, every mark of the world that makes you look worldly, get rid of it. Get rid of it all to be counted worthy to declare the message of the Messiah. And he said, Joel, I can't stay. I can't stay. I know why I'm here. I will again declare the Messiah's coming. Brother, I could sit and talk to you and that would be awesome. But we've got to go out. You know what? Go out. Right now, go out. Well, I'm meeting a brother here, John. We're meeting for coffee. All right. Tell him this message and go out with him. Take him out. Y'all go out and you say this one thing. Messiah's coming. Repent. Messiah's coming. Turn. Messiah's coming. Forsake and abandon every single thing that ties you to this natural world. Messiah is coming. Joel, they've got to know. Even if they don't want to know, you tell them, brother, because they have to know. Turn. And Joel, keep turning. Keep turning. Keep turning. We've got to go. I'll pray for you. Pray for me, brother. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. And we stood up. I hugged him and I cried. And he walked out the door. And I walked out the door behind him and I just watched him go down the street until he reached a block and another block and I couldn't see him anymore. And I'm weeping and I'm pleading with the Lord to seal upon me the call to say the king is coming. Baruch Haba, Bashem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Friends, the king is coming. Every other thing has got to wait. Every other thing has got to wait, friends. Please, please. Hear the call to come out and to be separate. To be holy as He is holy because, friends, the way is so narrow. It is so narrow. 
we've got to be sure. And then we've got to stay sure. Because he who endures to the end will be saved. We've got to be sure. We've got to remain sure. And we've got to call everybody else out that we meet to say, Brother, are you sure? Oh, yeah, I am. I mean, brother, no, really. Are you sure? It is why we yet remain. We've got to preach the kingdom. And we've got to be willing to lose our lives. Literally lose our lives. For the sake of the coming King. Amen.